Hello everybody and welcome to Pod Ever After, a Once Upon a Time Rewatch podcast. I'm Alana. I'm Tessa. And we are still in season two, unfortunately. We're talking about <laughs> 219 Lacey and 220 The Evil Queen. Um, but before we get into it, Tessa, how have you been? I know school started. School started. I barely had time to like eat scrambled eggs and use the bathroom a few days ago and that's kind of a summary Ooh. of how my life has been um but I got to be Anne and Anne of Green Gables which was a lot of fun for me so that's kind of been the highlight of my life in the past month I wish I could have gotten to see that it was it was really good everyone who went and saw it said they really enjoyed it yeah it looked fun from the pictures mm-hmm how are you? Okay. Um, I've been working. I only, I'm excited because I actually have a two-day weekend coming up because, like, the last two weeks I literally had one day off, so I'm kind of tired. Um, but I wanted to self or, like, pimp myself out a little bit. Um, I'm going to try and do National Novel Writing Month again this year. Yeah. Um, and so to kind of, like, pump myself up for it, I started doing this thing that, um, the NaNoWriMo Instagram account started, um, which is this hashtag InstaRimo thing. So it's from September 1st to, uh, the end of September, and there's, like, one thing every day that either has to do with you as a writer or the thing you're actually writing, um, and so I've been doing that on my Instagram, which the username is Starlessness, like my Tumblr, um, and so if people are interested and seeing kind of what my book's about, then you could go check it out if you wanted, just to get you get you a little excited for the story that I've been trying to write for, like, six fucking years. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I'll cheer you on. Um, yeah. Tess will cheer me on. Um, there's actually a, one of the days is, like, your, your nano squad or something like that, so I guess, like, the people that, like, support you, so Tessa will be in that book. OMG! I'm gonna hold you to that. Um, <laughs> if, I should, if Tessa's not in it, she's gonna be like, "What the fuck?" I'm gonna is come this? and be like, "What the fuck?" Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, while Tessa and I would much rather be listening to the new Hosier EP for probably the fiftieth time, um, we're gonna talk about these two episodes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start us out. Um, okay, so two nineteen also known as Lacey. So, in this episode, it's very Rumpel-centric as he tries to woo Belle, who has recently lost all her memories, which is something that we've kind of been, I guess, grappling with. Um, Regina turns her into Lacey with a matchbox, I guess. And Lacey is a <laughs> kick-ass, um, pool-loving queen, but she discovers that Rumple is a complete asshole, and plot twist, so is she. So they beat a dude up together, and then, um, meanwhile in the Enchanted Forest, not much has changed. Rumple is still trying to murder people, and Bella is still crying. Sounds about right. Um, so this episode starts off... <laughs> All my my notes always jump to really horrible conclusions before I realize what what's actually happening, <laughs> because the opening. So I don't know if people remember. I don't even know if we talked about this, but um, 
Rumple encounters that seer in the Enchanted Forest with the eyeballs in her hands, and the seer says, oh, the boy will be your undoing, because the boy is the one that will lead him to his son, and Rumple is like, oh, dang, that's Henry. And so he starts thinking about the fact that Henry is going to destroy him, and so Rumple has a dream where they're all in his shop, and it's Henry's birthday, and they're like, anything you want you could like they're all hanging around together and everyone's really happy and before I remembered that it was a dream I just started angrily typing and I was like I don't understand how all these fucking characters can just hang out together after everything that's happened like everything's fine <laughs> and then like 30 30 seconds into the into the scene you realize it's a dream because gold like turns Henry into a like a little porcelain boy and like shatter, shatters him into a million pieces <laughs> But I still stand by my comment because they do that all the fucking time in later seasons. So I'm not wrong. I'm wrong in this particular scene, but I'm not wrong. That's something that they do, that well, they've been known to do. I commented on the same the same scene, but I had, like, a different, I guess, comment on it. Because if Freud, if Sigmund Freud were alive and walking, he would have some things to say about Gold murdering Henry in cold blood in his dream. I feel like the message there is pretty apparent, but, like, it's just, it's really screwed up. Like, if my grandfather was having dreams about shooting me or killing me or turning me into ceramic person and then shattering me with a cane, then I'd be a little worried that there was some underlying bitterness. <laughs> the whole thing is, like, vi very unsettling. Because, <laughs> like, but I don't remember. Oh, they bring it up again when they're in Neverland, right? And, like, and Neil finds out that he has this, he heard this prophecy or whatever. So it, it gets brought back up. It does. Later. Um, but so that was how the episode started. So I was angry right off the bat, and I kind of just got angrier as the episode continued. <laughs> um,. Yeah, this... We saw... This whole episode... What? Is, like... It's really, I guess, good at showing just how abusive and how horrible of a person that Rumple is. Like, he... For the next... You know, I guess we're on season two, so for the next three seasons, um, we go you know, on and on, back and forth between Rumple like, being a good guy, and Rumple being a bad guy, and Rumple being a good guy. But, like, all you really have to do to know what type of guy he is, is watch this episode, because it's, it's all of his crappiness all in one spot. He's, he's gaslighting, he's murdering, he's abusing, he's demeaning, like, it's, it's everything that, like, he's like, he wants to kill his grandson, for God's sake, I'm still not over this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also, we also get to witness the, um, slutty woman is evil thing happen in real time. <laughs> like, it happens- Evil cleavage! Over the course of the episode. Evil, evil cleavage, um, evil alcoholic, evil woman orders food for herself. You know what, though? <laughs> um. I, I kind of dug Lacey. Like, Rumpelwalks in. Yeah, I kind of like her, too. Rumpelwalks in is like- Hi, Belle. OMG, I think you're really cute, and I want to go on a date with you. And she's like, please get out of my way, you nasty old man. I'm trying to get laid. 
know, like, she literally could have been a different, like, a different character from the Belle in the Enchanted Forest who just, like, maybe drinks a little too much and she's just kind of, like, she likes playing, she likes hustling people at pool and she just dates around and, like, that's fine, whatever. But then, like, at the very end of the episode, you're like, oh, she likes watching people get the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> like, all of those little things that might add up to maybe, like, a, like, not a morally upstanding person, but, like, a normal, flawed human being, like, just all of a sudden we're like, oh no, all of those things mean that she likes to watch people get the shit kicked out of them in dark alleyways. It's just, like, right. it's another instance where just, like, Correlation does not necessarily equal correlation. Oh my god, preach. Kind of things. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so strange. Because otherwise, like, she's actually pretty cool. I think that she has a lot of common traits with, like, Emma. Like, yeah, Emma dresses in a way that's comfortable for a woman. Emma doesn't put up with shit from a man. But because it's Belle, it makes her a bad person. And I don't like... How the one time she actually has any sort of, like, agency over herself. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're okay. right. It's, like, really late, and I'm losing <laughs> steam. But, um, the first time she has any agency over herself, they're, like, trying to say that she's, like, an evil version of herself. And I'm like, uh-uh, Adam and Eddie stick me in a yeah. slutty dress, throw me in a bar anytime. Yeah, and then, like... The whole premise of, like, Rumpel's thinking here, or, like, the way he thinks that he's going to get... So, like, he's his whole thing he's... is, like, I can't be a better person unless Belle is a sheep and can fix me, instead of being like, hmm, I should maybe take responsibility for my actions and improve if I want to improve as a person. But his whole motivation this whole episode is just like, I need to get her back to the way she was so that she can fix me. Which is also... Horrible. Hor horrible. It's so terrible. And, like, the one of the one and only times that Regina is core-fucking-wrecked was in this episode, and she's talking to Rumpel, and she's like, I know you. You're never gonna change. And he's just like... And, and I feel like the audience is supposed to be like, no, Regina, that's not true. Like, Belle has seen him be good and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you not understand that, like, <laughs> the only reason he wants to be, quote unquote, good is for purely selfish reasons? Yeah, I think that um, any any goodness he has in him is just a performance as, as a yeah, way I think so, to... Too keep Belle, and I feel like if she had still, well, actually, this is exactly what happens in season six, seven, six and seven, um, she stays with him, and we see Rumpel quote-unquote being good, but I think you can make the argument that all of the good things that he does, even up until his spoiler of death in season seven, um, that's all a performance. Thank you yeah. for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> you're, I think you're right. Even if, like, he doesn't even realize it's a performance at first, ultimately, when you find out, like, what his goal has been all along, you kind of have to, you know, come to no other conclusion than it was a performance, to a certain extent. Like, 
he has to know in the back of his head, he's like, oh, I'm doing this, but ultimately it's going to get me what I want. I'm not doing it for, like, he never doesn't have any ulterior motives. He never just does something. You're right. Um, so yeah, so that was, that's pretty fucking annoying part of this episode. Um, Killian comes back, which is fun. Um, Tamara and Owen? Yeah, <laughs> it was Owen. Um, kidnap Killian, and at one point, I think Owen asks Tamara, he's like, is the package stable? The, the, the package presumably being Killian? And I was like, are they implying that Killian is stable? Because <laughs> I have some bad news. <laughs> Definitely not the case. Um, Ugh, you know what? They put. I hate to say what? it, but Owen okay. and Tamara have some pretty decent screen chemistry. I was like, okay, <laughs> they're kind of cute for an, an evil dynamic duo. <laughs> they're better than oh, Rumble and Belle. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. They put Emma in a really atrocious hat, and I really want to know who put that hat on her, and who let them put the hat on her, and when they saw it, you know, through the camera when they were filming it, no one was like, hey, uh, Jen, let's take that hat off you, because it's, it's real bad, and for whatever reason, the hat stays on her head. And it's just, it's truly terrible. You know. When we post the episode, we'll post, in case people have forgotten what this fucking hat looks like, when I post the episode on Sunday, I'm gonna get a screen cap of her in this hat, and I'm gonna force everyone else to remember what this hat looked like. It's so weirdly bad. I don't understand what happened and why she's wearing you know, it. It's just so bad. I did not even notice. Not a once. You notice that hat? No! Je you know, Alana, impossible to ignore. People might have different fashion tastes than you. The hat might be perfectly acceptable. It's not, it's not even acceptable for, like, it doesn't even match, it's not even consistent with what she normally wears. I, I, like, like almost every single thing she, like, remember in season one when she's getting ready for the storm and she's wearing that really cute hat with the pom-pom on it? That was really cute and in character. This one is just like a, like a wet bucket on top of her head. It's so weird. Anyway. Um, you want to know, here was, here was my little uh, realization for the episode was, um, so Robin Hood comes in. And I can't believe you didn't know this. Okay, I can't I'm believe gonna that you did not you. know this. From across the seven-hour distance that there is, I'm gonna punch you. I'm coming for you, Alana. But, okay, so I didn't remember. Now, I mentioned it before, but I watched this season in season three when I was sick in this, in this, I guess, span of 24 hours. So I wasn't paying attention to a lot of super details, and Robin Hood... And this episode is played by the same guy who plays Lucifer. And I, he came on screen and I was like, those are some pretty eyes. Where have I seen those eyes before? And I was like, oh, that's right. He's the devil. Um, 
And then I made a comment, I think, that was like, I gotta find it. Oh, I said, I've been in this fandom for like five years and I never fucking knew they changed actors. Like, he was on screen and I was like, wow, he sure acts a lot like Robin Hood. I wonder what character he is, because there's already a Robin Hood and that's not him. Also, I looked up this hat, Alana. Yeah. Um, you can get fucked. This hat is absolutely fine. It is not fine. It's so bad. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just a hat. It's literally just a it's black so unflattering. hat. It's really bad. It's bad. Okay, listen, listen up. I don't think... We're going to take your opinion on this hat, considering you did not realize that Robin Hood was played by two different people and you've been in this fandom this long, okay? So, Listen, I don't freaking take, rewatch take the Rumpelstiltskin episodes. I watch all the Captain Swan stuff, so Emma Swan is in my area of expertise, and if I saw someone with this hat on the street, then I would not be like, man, what a, what a fucking toe in this hat. I'm not saying she's ugly. I'm saying the hat is ugly. I don't know. I don't believe you. It, what do you mean you don't believe <laughs> me? It's not a matter of believing me. It's an ugly fucking hat. Um, um, we're also... Oh, I wanted to talk about... What? What? <laughs> I want to talk about... I want to talk about Snow White being selfish again. Oh, Okay. Can I? Am I allowed? Go for it. <laughs> We're okay. in a really weird mood tonight. Um. <laughs> good energy tonight. Um, so, uh, they're growing the magic beans to potentially go back to the Enchanted Forest. And Emma's like, I thought you didn't want to go back. And Snow's like, I don't know, after I killed Korra, like, I'm just thinking that if we go back to the Enchanted Forest, maybe it'll mend my heart. And then they're like, oh, and then we can, like, repair our kingdom and help everybody else. But really, I think it'll help me <laughs> if we go back and, you know, take back the kingdom and help our people. But really, you know, I think just emotionally it will be good for me. Also, I feel like restoring our land is the best way to mend it. That's an oxymoron. That's like saying, if I write in my notebook... That's a great way to write my story. Like, you know, like, what I mean? Like, restore and mend essentially mean the same thing. You mean it's redundant. Oh. Yeah. You know what? I've only been back in college for a week and a half. <laughs> it's redundant. I'm the moron. It is redundant. I'm the oxymoron. Um... <laughs> I'm the oxymoron. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh. Um. We. The show kind of tries to establish something about true love's kiss because I feel like we've always had a discussion about like who gets a, a true love's kiss and like how does it work and blah blah. blah. And um, Regina and Rumple are talking about how to break the curse on uh, Belle. And Regina's like, oh, well, we know there's only one way to do that, and it's true love's kiss. And she implies that the only way, 
a true love's kiss will work is if there's equal love um, from both parties. So, like, if someone doesn't love you as much as you love them, true love's kiss won't work. And I was, I was, which I don't, like, hate. I think that's fine. Um, but I was, like, trying to think if, like, they had been consistent in that, um, you know, in that kind of detail. I, I just kind of thought that that sort of meant that one person was loving enough that it was true love and the other person, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a good example. I don't know, that, like, she just doesn't love him in a way that's true. I don't know how to explain it, but, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't. Because I, I think, because I was reading it as she says, Regina says she doesn't care about you as much as you care about her. So I assumed that was meaning true love's kiss will only work if both people involved in the kiss love one another equally because it wouldn't it wouldn't be true love either because you like you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who loves you more or less than you love them right i think that's i think that's essentially what i'm trying to say and i feel like that makes a lot of sense because i don't know i feel like if you're with someone and you love them completely truly honestly unconditionally and they're just kind of like you cute i'll date you then it's not true love and maybe that's kind of why it doesn't work when um people don't have their memories because they don't they don't know and they don't care about you as much as you care about them it's not like yeah the true love works has worked before so it'll work even when our memories aren't together. I don't like, so, cause don't they have a true love's kiss sometime? Rumple and yeah. Belle? They have that kiss in the Enchanted Forest where uh, Belle kisses Rumple and, like, he starts to turn back, but then it doesn't work. Oh, that's right. And that that's kind of interesting, too, because in that moment, Rumple probably loves Belle as much as she loves him, but then he kind of has to pull back and be like, but I love the power more. Yeah. Cause, cause too, like I think in a healthy relationship, um, you have to be vulnerable and it makes you vulnerable to admit to someone how much you care about them and how much they're having an impact upon your life. And so, if Rumple can't, you know, ever get to a, a place where he's not the one in control, then the true love's kiss will never work, because he could never allow himself to be vulnerable, or that vulnerable to that degree with Belle, so it would never work. Right. <sighs> um... I don't know. But yeah, so that was interesting, getting that tidbit. Um, but we can end the episode on, there was this little detail that I really liked, um, but I don't know if it was deliberate, because who the fuck knows what people do. <laughs> but, um, so at the end of this episode, um, 
Neil and Emma are talking about something, and um, Neil says, you know, oh, Emma, I know you always get your guy, or something like that, and then the scene immediately, we saw Hook again for the first time. He's in the back of a truck, and I was like, foreshadowing. <laughs> foreshadowing. And I liked that. And then, thankfully, the episode ended after that. Also, they... My, my final detail is that they refer to probably, I think it's Lacey, as scantily clad barfly. And yep. that is going to be my uh, stripper name and my run fair <laughs> persona. So go to the run fair and look for the scantily clad barfly and you'll find me. By the way, the rabbit hole looks like a perfectly fine bar. <laughs> Like, I've been to many bars in my time, and the rabbit hole looks fine. Like, Rumble walks in, and he's like, like, essentially, like, this place is disgusting. It's the filthiest, you know, like, slum I've ever entered. And I'm like, it looks fine. Like, it looks like a bar. That's what a bar looks like. Like, that was very weird. I was like, okay, it's not that bad. Relax. It's a fucking bar. It looks clean. It's fine. Like, whatever. Um, but I guess we'll take our break, and then when we come back, we'll, uh, talk about the evil queen. My favorite. <laughs> My favorite. We'll be back. And we're back. Um, and we're just gonna jump right into it. I'm giving the summary for... Season 2, episode 20, Evil Queen, why are you laughing already? Because we went right over the, I'm Alana, I'm Tessa. Oh yeah, it just went right right, right over. over They it. know. Do they? Right now, they know who we are. <laughs> yes. Oh, get over it. Um, okay. <clears throat> so in the Enchanted Forest, we watch Regina um, as the newly minted queen right after she killed Snow's father. Um, we watch her try and understand why nobody loves her, even after she murders an entire village of people, and she's still like, I don't understand. Oh, God. Um, in Storybrooke, uh, Emma, who, if you guys forgot, Emma is the protagonist. Um, oh, wow, I really did forget. that Neil's... I know. Um, but she suspects that Neil's fiance is a shady bitch, and she might not be telling the truth. Which, you know, according to everyone else, means that she's still in love with Neil, which is super infuriating. But that's essentially what happens in this episode. Um, so immediately, right off, to, right out, off the bat, um, we have Killian tied up in a chair looking fine with his bangs. Mm. <laughs> um, he is a, a prisoner of Tamara and Owen, and I just had to point out that something I hate... And I see it, see it in movies, and I read it in fan fiction, and I read it in novels. Is if there's like a foreign, like a British character, and someone is mocking the British character, <laughs> they say the word "mate" in the accent and with extra emphasis in order to really just dig in something. I don't fully understand what the purpose is, other than to, I guess, kind of be making fun of the accent, but either way, fucking annoying. I 
kind of going <laughs> off of that, um, I forgot to mention this in the last episode. When Rumple goes into that bar, he's describing Lacey, and he says, um, I think it's like an accent that you wouldn't soon forget. And I'm like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? It's just an Australian accent. She, it, it, it's not some oh, exotic, yeah, I do like... That. I'm like, what? Like, just say in Australia. I think it's because they're like, does he know what Australia is? Probably. He's been in Storybrooke for 28 years. <laughs> An accent you wouldn't soon forget. Like, what the hell? Like, he's lucky that she wasn't, like, Latina or something. I feel like, that's, I feel like something. that's implying... I feel like that's implying that she has, like, a slutty accent. <laughs> like, everything in that episode, when they're t- referring to Lacey, was some kind of, like, coded criticism of how slutty she is now. <laughs> Like, it was, it was so weird. Um, I don't think Rumpel understood that the sluttier she was, the more likely she was to sleep with him. Which is disgusting, <laughs> but true. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, um, we got another great conversation between Snow and David in this episode where they're trying, because they, at this point they still think that they're going to go back to the Tainted Forest. And they're trying to figure out what to do with Regina. And Snow is like, really? We're going to leave Regina behind? And again, thank the Lord for David, who's just like, yeah, we're going to leave her behind. Like, why would we take her with us? She's hurt so many people. (laughs) And they have this dumb conversation that they have. We watch them have a million fucking times. And then uh, David kind of has, he's like, he concedes a little, and he says, okay, well, we can offer her two options. Either she can stay here, or she can come back with us and be in prison for the rest of her life, because she clearly can't be trusted. And Regina overhears this conversation, and she's just, like, aghast at the idea that she would have to go to prison. And I'm like, oh my god, you're shocked that, like, never has an episode so, like, so clearly conveyed the fact that she's a fucking idiot like she is legitimately stupid there are so many things in this episode that happen that i'm like really you are surprised at that like that does it's just like mind-bogglingly dumb and she's just like you really want she's like i i'd have to go to prison for murdering all these people what what kind of ridiculous plan would that be like i i don't know if that's because (gasps) of her skewed thinking or that she doesn't think that they have the authority to put her in jail or that she just really genuinely doesn't believe that anything she did was wrong. I don't know. And then, but immediately after that, there's a scene where she, she wants to test out a scenario on Henry, essentially, of, like, something she wants to do that's very bad. She wants to basically, like, murder all the people in Storybrooke. And... She, like, goes to tell Henry about it, and she, she's trying to explain to Henry, like, what, how everyone sees her, and she's just like, they only see the evil queen, and they, and that's what they made me, and I'm like, and she's like, you see the good in me, and I'm like, she's saying this as she's manipulating Henry with plans to just wipe his memory of the conversation, which, okay, great. Um, and 
And this is just another moment of, like, this is just so stupid. Like, did she really think she was gonna say to Henry, oh, everyone you love and all your friends and everything, like, they're just gonna be gone, and he was gonna be amenable to that suggestion? Like, why even have the conversation? Why even put it out there for him to reject? It's just really fucking stupid. Bad writing. Yeah, that's real, that's... (laughs) She's so terribly written. She's so fucking terribly written. Um, Because, again, too, so we flash back into the Enchanted Forest, and she's the queen, like, capital key, she's the queen, and she doesn't understand why no one likes her. Like, and the argument seems to be, well, I am the queen, so therefore everyone will like me, because she has the title of queen. And I'm like, only a truly dumb fucking person would think that that's the case, that it's as simple as having a title that would make everyone like you. Yeah. That doesn't... It's it's just... It's so... Dumb. It's remarkably dumb. Um, And then she... Rumpel disguises her as a peasant woman so she could go out into society and see how people actually feel about her. And, like, at at one point, um, the queen's... the The queen's guards show up and she's talking to them, like, I'm your queen, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know that he, you don't look like Regina. Why would they know that you're the queen? (laughs) She's, like, genuinely shocked and doesn't understand why they're not listening to her. And I'm like, we literally just spent ten minutes, like, uh, like, with it on screen, explaining why they wouldn't recognize you. Why is she so offended? Right. (gasps) (gasps) Oh. I don't know. Um, it just drives me nuts. Oh yeah, there's no there's no explanation. We can't really have a, a fully in-depth conversation about this because there's literally no logical reason for how dumb she is in this episode. It does not make sense. Um, I was, you know what? I like wrote a little bit about this in my notes and I don't know what you think about it, but there's this part like, so Snow White saves Regina and like Snow White takes care of Regina knowing, I guess, under the pretense that, I don't know if under the, okay, thinking that Regina is the peasant girl, like, that, I don't know, and I was like, so, this would have made a really good plot for the whole show, like, consider, Snow White and the Evil Queen are besties, and they hang out, and they tell each other secrets, and they probably had a really, like, weird one-night stand on a beach in the Enchanted Forest once, but then Snow White does something terrible that elicits Regina to act accordingly. And then maybe she doesn't become a horrible, horrible, horrible person, but, like, horrible enough that she's, like, angry and wants to get revenge on Snow White. Because then Snow White would have been a little bit more three-dimensional. Regina wouldn't have been so, like, crazy for no reason. And then resume your regular once upon a time programming. But then I also realized Wait, are you talk- Huh? <laughs> are you talking about from this episode or from the very beginning? I think from the very beginning. Oh, okay. And like there would be changes confused. accordingly, like, like just changes in different spots to match the changes in the plot. But I feel like that would be a little bit more plausible. But then I also realized that it's kind of the plot to wicked a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I think 
I think you're right, though, that I think it would have made for a much more believable, sympathetic scenario if, like, they had been more similar in age and perhaps, like, closer as friends. And then, like you were saying, like, Snow does something where she's a little bit closer to adult years. And so when she does something wrong, you could maybe understand blaming her for it because she, you know, isn't a child. Um, I think yeah, it would probably would have been better. I think it would also make sense a lot of the things that Snow White does that were kind of like, you say you're the epitome of good, and then you go and knowingly kill someone's daughter or leave your own daughter in a wardrobe, blah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's more Killian in this episode, thank God. Thank God. Um, he is very clever in this episode. I dug it. Um, I also love that, so, um, in this episode, there's a really interesting moment between him and Regina where... Um, they're walking into the library, and he kind of just asks this question, and it seems like a very genuinely asked question, where he says something along the lines of, um, you know, like, do you ever think that maybe, like, all our time spent, you know, trying to get revenge is kind of pointless, and we're just gonna be alone forever? And I kind of immediately had a question of, like, I wonder why he asks this so out of the blue. It's such, like, an introspective, thoughtful question that he asks. And then I realized that, like, so at the beginning of this episode, he finds out that Rumpelstiltskin actually isn't dead, and so I was thinking, and, like, and he spent, like, an entire car ride in a truck, like, from New from Boston or New York, or wherever they were, it was New York, to Maine, like, thinking about, oh, I've killed Rumpel, my vengeance is complete, and he probably realized, like, I don't feel any better. Right. Like, what I, how I thought I would feel after Rumpel died, like, that's not what I felt. And so I wonder if, like, that's kind of why he asks the question when he really starts to... Because in two episodes, he... His redemption arc basically starts in two episodes. And so I feel like it's very poignant that he asks this question in this moment. Um, which, again, the magical Killian writing fairy showed up for this line and then disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay, here's a good one, bye! I don't know... <laughs> Why? They were just like, we're gonna... Well, I really am curious to know, like, if, if something different went into Killian that... It might have something to do with, I don't know, the fact that a bunch of men are writing Regina and they don't know how to write women. Because I feel like a lot of the strong characters in the show are men. You know, like, David's a good character. Killian's a good character. Yeah. Rumpel, I don't think counts as a man. He's just an asshole. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know how writers' rooms work in terms of, like, do certain writers write certain characters? Like, you would think that if there was a writer in a writer's room and they just tended to have a knack for one of the characters and the rest of the writers would be like, we're going to defer to you on this on this dialogue or on this, you know, plot point regarding this character, because you seem to have them, you know, you seem to understand them more than everyone else, but who knows? I don't know what the fuck went on in that writer's room. It's a weird place. I don't know. Um, but he tricks Regina into putting the, the, 
the fi- the no magic bracelet on, um, which was really smart too. He does it by just like kind of casually flashing it in front of her face, <laughs> and Re- and Regina's just like, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, it's a it's a gift from your mother." And Regina's like, "Oh, I need to have it because Regina's like a spoiled brat, and he just knew she would ask." <laughs> Which was great. So his whole, his duplicitousness in this episode was very good. He was actually a good, a good pirate for once. <laughs> a good villain. I love him. Me too. <gasps> um. Also. And then, what? So Neil, Neil said something towards the end of the episode that really ticked me off. Which isn't oh, yeah. anything, I guess, out of the ordinary. Everything he says ticks me off. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> Neil catches Emma in his room looking for proof that Tamara is a shady bitch and she doesn't find it. And and she tells Neil, kind of being really honest with him, um, and it's like, well, my superpower told me, or like she, she was lying to me and I know because of my superpower. And he says something that's like, Oh, you know I never bought that. And yeah. she's like, yeah, you did. Like, don't try to act all <laughs> smart now. And so then my note says, Neil, you piece of shit, I'm going to walk all over you with 10-inch knife heels. Yeah, that's, he's so smarmy and gross in that moment. It's And it's like, and he does it in front of Henry, too, which is, like, super inappropriate. Like, I know he hasn't been a dad for very long, but, like, you don't condescend to a child's mother in front of them well he also is like emma i know you're still in love with me and my fiance being here is a little ako taco and emma's like really in front of our son (laughs) and like i really hate that me too the only way like like you can't (laughs) like no one just believes emma on emma's merits like even her own mother is like, well, there's a man involved, so there's no way that you could be thinking clearly. You, you there, Clearly, you have to be jealous. And it's like, what the fuck? Are, or what year is it? Like, you couldn't pause for, like, it didn't even need to be, it could be a moment of like, okay, let's like, let's consider if that's true. And then you could say like, you know, for like, just to, to make, you know, our, our case clear-cut, let's just consider and, and make sure that this isn't, like, a personal thing and have a real conversation about it. Instead, it's just like, oh, clearly, you know, I know you so well because I've known you for all five fucking minutes. Like, you're obviously jealous and you, you want to be back together with Neil and it's just so frustrating to watch. Right. Um... I don't know. I'm just. <sighs> I hate him. With, with I know all he's the, the worst. Fury and passion. I can muster in my small, tiny little body. <laughs> um. Oh, so the show does a very odd thing in this episode where they suddenly reveal that science can combat magic. And it's never really discussed again, which you'd think it would be, because it seems pretty imagine that. substantial. Um, so that was pretty crazy. Like, 
they they put the that bracelet on her and uh, they're like oh there's all these different metals inside the bracelet that counteract the magic in your bones and i was like wait the magic is in their bones <laughs> <laughs> like i was like this is the first i'm learning of this this is incredible i this is fantastical moments never revisited it's true and it's like whenever they talk about magic they never talk about the magic in your bones like is that where the magic, <laughs> the magic is stored in, their bones. in your bone marrow like i i don't like that image at all i don't like when emma's learning how to use her magic you know the sorcerer's apprentice is never like okay emma the magic is in your bones <laughs> <laughs> the way you harness the magic is x y and z um yeah, but so that was pretty funny. You know what would be kind of funny? Kind of college humor? What? If you took the S in bones and made it an R. Wait, what? What? <laughs> the magic in your boner. Wouldn't that be funny? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was telling a lot of before we... The fault in our boners. <laughs> I was telling Alana before we started recording that I was gonna, to make it through these two episodes, I was gonna have two glasses of wine and get a little tipsy, and then <laughs> I decided that I probably didn't need it to feel like a drunk rambling fool, and I was right. But then I said we should still do that, but we should do it for the next two episodes, because it's the finale, and then we'll finally be free of this fucking season. And also, I will say that the drunk episode that we posted um, a few weeks ago was probably our most popular episode yet, so apparently if we get drunk and then record, more people listen. Was it really? So. I, I haven't been paying attention. When we first started this, I was paying attention a lot, and now, I don't know. Also, yeah, no, like, I don't, like, <laughs> but the, the post on Tumblr got a lot of traction, and then I think it has, like, a ton of listens. Well, I'm looking at it right now, so it has 51 listens, but the one that has more than it, which is our um, most popular one in a while, is has 88, and it's just called Giving Up on Season 2. So Wait, that's the most popular one? <laughs> in a long time. I think our most popular one is probably the, the first or the second, which I don't know why. Uh. Ain't y'all got better things to do? Then listen to us and our dumb faces <laughs> on bad mics. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> My mic is good. I have a good mic. I have a decent um, mic. But the first episode, I didn't. So. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. That, that was administrative business. Um, but, yeah. So, at the end of this episode, I had one more comment. Go for it. Um... Regina says something before they kidnap her, and she just says, all this to find your father. And I'm like, bitch, your final dumb moment of this episode, she says, all this to find your father, as if, who in their right mind would go to all this trouble for such a small thing? <laughs> Meanwhile, she fucking, she, this fucking crazy bitch casts a curse on the entire town and sends them into, like, no magic land for 28 years where no one has any memory and she wants to destroy all of their lives forever. And this fucking kid lost his dad and she's just like, can't believe that someone would go to these lengths to, to find him. And I'm like, you are literally the most ignorant asshole that I've ever witnessed. 
ever. And then thankfully they put a bag over her head because I was also done. <laughs> they were like, bag her, and I was like, do it! Do it! Get the fucking bag over her head, I'm over this bitch. It's funny because there's that scene. This is unrelated, but I just was looking at my notes. <laughs> um, where Regina comes up from the elevator, Killian is sitting there, and he goes, I know, it's shocking, isn't it? Some would even say I'm striking. And I'm like, I would. I would say you're striking. You're yummy. He was very cute in this episode. He was. I can't, uh, I can't deny. He was very handsome. Season two, Killian is, um, is, is handsome Killian. As well as season three. So we're in, we're in for, um, some, some peak Killian. Oh, so excited. So close. We're so close. Um, so unless there's anything else, I guess we'll... We'll end it there. Okay. Um, um, so we'll be back uh, in two more weeks with season two, episode 21, Second Start of the Right. And then very, you know, creatively, and straight up till morning is the uh Oh my god, I've been staring at that for like five minutes and I didn't freaking notice. <laughs> oh, god, I need to be back in school. You know, I've been out of school for, you know, a couple years, and I'm doing okay. Listen, so, Alana... I don't know. I don't know if that excuse holds up. It does, okay? Just let me live. Here, I... I'll pull out... So when I was a freshman, I wrote a whole paper on Peter Pan. And the quote in the book isn't actually second star to the right. It's just second on the right. Or second to the right. Well, but there's no matter. star. We, we, the movie's still been around for a very long time, we know. Yeah, well, the play and the right book have somewhere. been around for even longer. <laughs> James M. Barry would be turning over in his grave at this misquote <laughs> on Once Upon a Time. I think he would, like, roll over in his grave for this entire thing with Peter Pan on the show. But oh, well. unfortunately, we can't have Jay and Barry on the pod as he is quite deceased. Well, on that happy note, thank you all for listening. <laughs> and as always, we hope you live part of Rafter. See Bye, you folks in the morning or something. I don't know. Bye. <laughs>